0: Welcome to NVC, Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's number one Nintendo show. It's uh, actually the only Nintendo show at IGN. This is episode 566, and I'm your host, Zach Ryan, joined today by Simon Cardi, the most hated man on the internet. Sorry to hear about it, Simon.
1: What? What's yeah. that all about? Miranda San- we'll get into that
0: later. Miranda Sanchez, how are you this morning?
2: I am doing great. I'm wearing Pikachu colors today, but you can't see it because you know videos weird don't worry about sure. it sure anyway right yellow. it's great
0: <laughs> and dan salvato founder of team salvato uh creator of doki doki literature club and the creative director of doki doki literature club plus which we're going to talk about later in the show uh, also we're going to talk a little bit about uh some more stuff from the nintendo direct what we've been playing uh you know the usual biz but first i want to get this out of the way real quick um, this week is actually the 25th anniversary of the Japanese launch of the Nintendo 64, which makes me feel incredibly old that this came out 25 years ago. So, some fun Nintendo 64 facts for everybody. Um, first of all, 33 million units sold worldwide. Um, not even enough to crack the top 10, but uh, still, you know, a beloved system in our hearts. Uh, top-selling games: Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Golden Eye, Ocarina of Time, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, IGN named it the ninth greatest console of all time back in 2015, and real quickly, I just wanted to ask my cast today, do you have a favorite N64 game? Do you have a favorite N64 memory? And you're our guest. let's start with you.:
3: um, Let's see. There I have so many fond memories of playing N64 when I was younger, um, and we had so many great games. Um, I think for the time being as an adult, I'm going to have to say Yoshi's story. As I have uh, the poster, no, this one, I'm I'm a while back there. Um, There you go. And that would be because uh, I speedrun Yoshi's Story and have been doing so uh, for around seven years. So so I would say as far as total hours goes, I probably put more into that game than any other N64 game by a long shot.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Uh, Miranda, what about you?
2: Ocarita, or yeah ocarina of time because that was the first mm-hmm. video game that made me feel anything uh, i am rather <laughs> on the young side so mm-hmm. the n64 was my first household console so that's a lie the first one that i actually had an active participation in playing we had a Sega genesis but i was a baby so mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't didn't really play that one much but ocarina of time absolutely was just the first time i was like you know was playing the game i put put down the controller it was taking like you know time to clean my room, whatever. I just could not stop thinking about the game. And I think that was the mm-hmm. first time I really experienced that with games. And otherwise it was just like a fun, for fun thing. But that was the first game that really impacted me. So
1: right on. Very cool. Simon, what about you? Oh, uh, here's where I cement myself as like everyone's favorite Nintendo person. I never had an N64 because mm-hmm. I am also a young person, but um I do remember going to a friend's house and playing it a lot. And the game we always used to play is gold. And I, I just, yeah. loved GoldenEye, and and it just spawned my love basically of any sort of first person multiplayer shooter from there on and james bond how can you go wrong with that really
0: yeah now it, if folks on nintendo voice chat don't know uh simon carty very well i encourage you to go seek his audition tape for the role of james bond <laughs> from a couple of years ago very of audition um i hope to see you in some of those films coming up i, I know this next is still a dead joint but hopefully Mm-hmm. After that, oh, you know,
1: someone has got to pass the torch eventually, hasn't he? And right, and it Why seems not? like you're the
0: next. It seems like you're the next uh, shoe in that really. role.
1: So, mm-hmm. um,
0: personally, uh, Nintendo sixty four was the first home console that I owned. Uh, I was not allowed to have home consoles. I had a, a you know a lot of Game Boys and stuff growing up, um, but the Nintendo sixty four was the first home console that I got, and my mom bought it for me for Christmas. And I, th- I think I've told the story on it on Nintendo Voice Chat before, but. Um, i really really wanted diddy kong racing like that was the thing for me i was like i'm on nintendo 64 and i want diddy kong racing and uh that game was sold out so she asked the person at the store what the next best game for me would be and that person told her mortal kombat mythology sub-zero which is a terrible game um so for the first like several months that i had my (laughs) nintendo 64 the only game that i had was mk mythology sub-zero um don't recommend not a great game uh but let's bring it back to the present uh the recent present um you know last week we got a great look at what nintendo got slated for 2021 and beyond at their uh with their e3 press conference the the nintendo direct on monday um i just kind of want to get some overall impressions from this group you know we we did a short episode last week talking about what we thought of the presentation and uh you know what what games jumped out to you what did you really love about this presentation uh cardi let's let's start with you
1: i enjoyed it personally i for Xbox's was great, but I thought Nintendo's was right up with it. Personally, I thought they had a great blend of exciting new things coming off Breath of the Wild too. We got a look at that. Also, just mm-hmm. a load of great like nostalgia kicks. Like personally, my favourites. I want to play again: uh, Advance Wars, the remasters, and the Monkey Ball remasters. I mm-hmm. those all of those games seem perfect for the Switch, and yeah, I can't wait to play Monkey Ball again. They <laughs> <laughs> probably could have like on many other consoles, but just. I'll pay for it again because I want to play yeah. Monkey Ball.
0: Yeah, I'm i in the same boat. I I feel like I've mentioned this as well, but this year I've really made a concentrated effort to not uh, to try my best not to replay old games or like rewatch old movies. Um, that being said, I am you know 60 odd hours into the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, you know maybe remasters don't count because I really want to play Advance Wars and I really want to play Monkey Ball. Both of those games uh, were some of my favorites growing up, and as Advance Wars especially, I'm so so excited for Nintendo to even acknowledge it in this way which is great um miranda what did you think of the direct and uh what what are some of your picks
2: Mm, it was exciting for some people and Mm -hmm. i was not necessarily included in that some people there are things that i was like oh that's that's great um Mm -hmm. but generally it felt like a lot of the games were just for set of nintendo fans which is totally fine right like i think i can appreciate why people were excited and if anything, I just like people being happy. I'm like, yay, I'm so glad you're getting this game that you really wanted. Yeah. Um, the things that really stuck out to me, though, because there were things for me too, which is nice. Uh, was WarioWare? Get it together! I love WarioWare. Um, I had WarioWare touched um, mm-hmm. on our Wario touched on. Yeah, yes. And that was like one of my favorite games on DS. It's just so fun. Like their micro games are just the perfect bit of like weirdness and so much fun. I love. Mm. Well put together mini games and Wario nails it every time. Uh, Dan, I also saw you have Ashley back there. I love Ashley so much. Like she's she. I was like, her theme song is so good. I remember I just put on some of her stuff just so I could like listen to it as a kid. And it was really fun. <laughs> So that was a really exciting thing for me, especially because it is going to have multiplayer. Um, my twin sister loves Wario so much, specifically just Wario. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I understand, <laughs> but okay. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to doing this with her. I'll be Ashley. She can be Wario. We'll, we'll have a good time. Um, then I think the obvious one too is, of course, Breath of the Wild sequel. You don't know what it's called. Short call short name is Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I felt like we had to see that because, you know, it's like, all right, guys, we're... Where is this game? Can you please? It's been a while, us? huh? Yeah. What's yeah. next in, in Link's Adventure? And um, I'm stoked to see what they have coming. And there's so many theories. I love the theories, guys. It's my favorite part. Yeah,
0: yeah. We were, we were. You and I got to do uh, Game Scoop this week together as well, and we talked a little bit about the direct, and talked a little bit about um, just the deluge of of wacky theories coming out of uh this 90 second trailer you know in like 30 25 seconds of it is is just a final shot of the castle floating up into the sky and it's i find it kind of incredible like how much they managed to pack into this you know even the first two thirds of that trailer because it does seem like there's a lot of little little things to kind of examine and, and uh uh, parse out, you know, like I, and also just like a lot of things to speculate over. Anything else that, uh, that, uh, got you jazzed for the, from the direct
2: Mario Party. Mm-hmm. I'll play with my siblings. That's it. Let me ask, let me <laughs> ask you this. Um, how, are you willing to pay full par-
0: price for five Nintendo 64 boards remastered? Like, I, I, that sort of hit weird for me because. I like Mario Party. Uh they just added online play to the previous Mario Party that was released for Switch. The uh, of it,
2: though It's uh, yeah. not all the, the mini games. Right, you can't play right. all of it, but this one you can play. Sure.
0: But mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, this seems like this would have been a really great move of Nintendo to just add those boards to the existing Switch Mario Party game. You know, even if it was paid DLC of like 10 bucks or something, to, to charge $60 for this seems I don't know. It seems crazy to me, to be completely honest. Like it, it's a lot of money for old games, you know, old old boards. Mm-hmm. And but it's, yeah,
2: yeah. it's a hundred. Like, yeah, they just show the hundred mini games. If you're watching the video, you can see the mm-hmm. the real going. I was yeah. sold. I don't know. I think because <laughs> I hadn't purchased the latest Mario Party, I was like, right,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think you're right that it is. You know, some people were confused as to why like this wasn't kind of content added to mm-hmm. the you know the the recent mario party game especially since a while back i remember reading about people being upset that um that that mario party game was not getting the content updates that they expected right mm-hmm. um and so, and so and so seeing this you know maybe people who bought in on that game and were looking for more content updates are kind of you know c- confused or, or put off by that um yeah, yeah. From, from my oh go ahead
2: Oh, I was just gonna say that makes a lot of sense. And that's not something I really considered either, just because I did I just played it at a friend's house, basically. Like if I was gonna go to another place, they're like, I have Mario Party, it's like great, I don't have to buy it. Um yeah, and since yeah. it was local anyway, like I didn't really have a reason to have it. It's so, like this sure. is where I say I don't have friends, but that's not true. <laughs> I just don't have friends who come over to my place. So that right. means I have no reason to have Mario Party.
0: <laughs> you don't yeah. play you don't play Mario Party with Lorelai?
2: You know, she uh she has a hard time holding the switch controllers or just switches, switches in general it's a little too heavy for her skeleton hands you guys I don't understand. know i have a skeleton in my apartment her name's Laura she just sits mm-hmm. behind me in videos it's a good time
1: <laughs> uh, i mean why not why yeah. not dan
0: what, what did you think of the direct what were some of the games that stood out to you
3: um for me personally um i, I totally get what miranda was saying where this is like a for some people kind mm-hmm. of year um, and I am some people in this case for me, yeah, the direct was, was totally yeah, stacked. Too. Um, mm. you know, all the, all the games I'm excited for were pretty much mentioned, uh, at this point, but I'm the person who is really excited for all of them. Huge mm. fan of warrior uh, huge fan of Advance wars. And this is the first time in forever that I'm going to be buying back into Mario party. Uh-huh. Uh, because that like going back to that classic board formula, uh, as well as what seems like stellar online play support, being able mm. to save and quit in the middle of an online game with your friends and come back yes. later. Meaning as you know, as adults, when it's difficult to like commit so many people to like a multi-hour gameplay experience, that's just an incredible feature. And I now, think that's now I
0: feel like uh, now I feel like I owe the both of you an apology because I feel like I kind of rained on your parade before you <laughs> both of you were able to get out there and say how much you loved this. No, uh, I, I totally fight.
3: see where you're coming from Uh um, when it when it comes to this this mario party and probably not everyone's going to buy it but i think if you ask who this game is for um Mm -hmm. and you think about the target audience then you then you start to see an answer to that it's probably Mm -hmm. um you know like young adults uh in in their 20s who most likely played the n64 games um Mm -hmm. and you know switch is a largely young adult targeted platform in the first place um they understand that and a lot of a lot of um yeah, a lot of gamers in their 20s are, believe it or not, still playing N64 Mario Party mm-hmm. online with their friends uh, using emulators and net play. Um, you know, you, you can see those streams on, on Twitch, for instance. There, there are mm-hmm. tons of people still interested in playing these games. And so providing a uh, basically an upgraded modern ex- uh, experience of, of the classic Mario Party formula is, I think, uh, a lot of people in, in my demographic have been looking for for a very long time and are really excited to buy back into it because of that.
2: What you're saying is it's specifically made for me and you, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're
1: Zach. Yeah. All
2: right. All
1: all right. right. <laughs> I'll give it a go as well. I don't want to be tied in with Zach. I'll, I'll be on team... <laughs> Team nice. Mario. Look, all right. Look,
0: y- y'all, have, y- y'all have convinced me. Uh, maybe I'll give this one a shot as well. Uh, one game that we haven't mentioned that I'll take any opportunity to talk about is Metroid Dread. Um, I'm currently replaying. I know we're jumping way, way ahead in the run of show here, but I'm currently replaying Zero Mission right now after this announcement. And I got to say, I'm. Just so, so excited for Metroid Dread. Um, you know, we 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 know that this game was long rumored and twice canceled, and so it's really, really cool to see it making a comeback. Dan, are you also a Metroid guy? Do you uh, Are you excited for Metroid Dread?
3: I am a Metroid guy. Um, historically, I've mostly played the Metroid Prime games. I've uh-huh. dabbled in 2D Metroid. Um, but I think that... Having played the Metroid prime fan uh, prime games makes me like a big enough Metroid fan uh, as mm-hmm. a whole, and seeing seeing a good chance to play like a a 2 d Metroid in in that classic formula that that evolves both on Samus Returns as well as uh the former beloved games, Super Metroid mm-hmm. and, and Metroid Fusion, uh, I'm extremely excited to uh kind of get in on this. And one thing that I noticed that I'm that I'm really excited about is um how ever since the beginning almost with Super Metroid, the the atmosphere of these 2D Metroid games, they sort of they touch upon sort of this just a tiny bit, this sort of like survival horror atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um not in gameplay, but just uh in the way that they they make Samus feel in her environment. It's right. very like sinister and isolated and um kind of anxious and I love that they're dialing that up now with Metroid dread and um, uh, what's it called? The Emmy that is sort of always kind of hunting for you. Mm -hmm. I'm super, super excited for that. Um, I think you very rarely see um, these sort of elements, these survival horror atmosphere elements that sort of keep you on edge combined with other genres, which in the case of Metroid, you know, you could say it's this sort of platform action adventure genre. And so I think giving it a touch of that atmosphere is making me really, really excited for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. For me, Metroid has always been about the tone. And I think Metroid Prime might actually be the best, the best example of that sense of isolation, that sense of desperation. You know, like you're trying to escape this planet, you're trying to defeat these enemies and stuff, but there is a very... A uh, very clear tone to each of these games and i'm really really stoked to see what metroid dread brings to that and also as like a metroid lore dork i think it's really neat that this is the the furthest game that we've gotten in the timeline since fusion and this is supposedly going to wrap up samus's story with the metroids um so yeah i'm I'm just so super excited for this game and i thought the direct was really great too i talked about it on last week's uh nbc but uh to miranda's point i think that this is uh you know a really solid showing of sort of b-tier nintendo games you know uh breath of the wild obviously is a, just a huge banger but um all the other stuff that they showed off was for uh you know like a, a different subsect of nintendo fans and i called it like a direct for hardcore nintendo fans yesterday on scoop but i i don't necessarily know that that's true because at the risk of sounding uh, cliche and and all my donkey fans out there will know what's coming next but uh there really was a little something for everyone in this direct <laughs> um so please feel free to clip that out and put it on your montages um dan let's get into the real reason that we're here today to talk to you and that is doki doki literature club plus is making its way to nintendo switch um super exciting we were very uh pleased and humbled to have the exclusive announcement of that uh, during summer of gaming uh why don't you tell us especially for the uninitiated folks that don't might not know about doki doki literature club tell us what it's all about and uh you know let us know what the deal is with uh, doki doki literature club plus
3: the thing about doki doki literature club uh Mm -hmm. which i'll abbreviate as ddlc sure is that it's it's hard for me or anyone really to Tell you what it's all about <laughs> um, yeah it's difficult it's it's a psychological horror game uh, mm-hmm. which does not look like one right and that that's pretty much the most upfront information that uh, that I think most people can receive um, you know it's 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 a visual novel format slash dating sim format um, where you uh, you as the main character join a literature club uh, that is um, uh, full of some lovely other club members who you have the chance to kind of uh, write poems with and, uh, you know, grow your relationship with them um, with the hopeful possibility of uh, having something romantic happen later on. Mm-hmm. Um, DDLC was released uh, in 2017 on PC originally, um, and the uh, the reception and, and resulting popularity of the game, I think, was beyond anyone expect- anyone's expectations, but especially my own. Right. Such a small project made by maybe around three people, um, yeah, it was it was amazing, and um, it taught me a lot about being a game being a game developer and um the types of experiences that certain people are looking for uh, in games, and how you can uh, break conventions in order to like deliver those unique experiences, uh, and so now uh, several years later. Uh, we are releasing DDLC Plus um, on a multitude of platforms. Nintendo Switch, the one I'm personally the most excited about as a Nintendo fan. <laughs> um, and DDLC Plus uh, has the authentic original game Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, but includes uh, a variety of new content as well, such as uh, new side stories that take place outside the timeline of the original game that help you um, get to know the characters better and uh, feel. Uh, uh, and and feel your your personal bond with them grow as they go through many um very real and relatable issues with uh friendship and communication and and mm-hmm. problem solving um so there are six of those in total um for hours of new content and to go along with them uh there is a new soundtrack as well uh, and the soundtrack was composed by Nikki Kylar we worked very closely together i made the soundtrack for the original game uh, and so for this one i brought in uh nikki who has a lot of the same same values and understands um what we're looking for out of a soundtrack for a game like this so we worked very closely together on a whole a whole bunch of new songs which brings the uh soundtrack total up to 26 songs uh which uh is a pretty amazing number for uh for this game mm-hmm. and they're all playable in an in in-game music player um i personally love listening to video game music um and i love sometimes Uh, just looping a single song, you know, if you're feeling it and it helps inspire you or set a certain mood. That's why all those 10 hour YouTube videos exist of like the the music loops. Um, So so we have that option in the game. You can make a playlist of your favorite songs to set the mood or you can just loop a single song forever with that seamless video game music Mm -hmm. loop that you get. Um, And finally, to wrap everything together, there is an image gallery with over 100 unlockable pictures in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ranges from game art to wallpapers. Um, we have some never-before-seen concept sketches um, and a bunch of other nice things as well. And it's not only fun to unlock them as you play the game, but it, it could encourage people to try new things, try to discover new scenes and secrets in the game um, in order to go for completion. Um, so as, as far as the features that um, I feel ready to talk about before release, uh, that's about it. There's still uh, a number of things that people will Want to discover for themselves mm-hmm. uh, but i think overall um we've made this a really awesome package and way of getting into the game for uh new players as well as uh something special and a lot of great new content for existing fans
0: that's awesome you know when when Doki, Doki literature first came out in 2017 um it really took the IGN office by storm. We didn't do an official review for it, but it did come up a lot during Game of the Year conversations. And yeah, yeah, it was it was Miranda and it was Casey uh, 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 really leading that charge. Um, Miranda, I, I just wanted to kind of toss to you. I'm sure you have. Lots of questions about this game i'm sure there's a lot you wanted to discuss so yeah let's let's get it let's get it going
2: yeah absolutely and first off apologies if you can hear a weird rumbling in my apartment there's some construction in my building so i don't know if y'all can hear that but just so you mm. know it's uh, a lot of, it's been a lot of fun anyway <laughs> but actual fun and also or doki doki literature club so i don't want to again as dan said like not spoil it for anybody it is difficult to talk about because i think the intricacies of the game are just like what's so exciting um and when it did come out when we were talking about game of the year stuff i was just kind of what i do toward the end of the year is just look for new games that came out that we may have missed excuse you building um anyway and uh doki doki literature club was one that popped up for me and then i was just like essentially in that meeting be like hey guys I have this PC game for you that you all need to play because it's free. Uh, uh-huh. It's also scary, but if I can play it, you can play it. So um, just for context of that, I'm not very good with horror. And so maybe while I was playing Doki Doki Literature Club, I had like half the screen <laughs> blocked out because I didn't want to <laughs> see anything. But it's so good. It's so worth getting through those parts. Like I think if you're not really good with horror um, and and I don't, think this is something we talked about too, too much either is, um, Dan, like you said, how these characters are so relatable and they go through a lot of very relatable problems. And this is one of the few games that I felt touched on some certain issues, again, I don't want to get into spoilers, um, that I don't think are addressed very well. And I think from the, the perspective of your character and how you work with the other characters, it's just in a position that I again just didn't see a lot of games doing and really hit me hard like there are a few games that just make me sob like for a little while and this is one of those so it's like even though yes this is like psychological horror which of course you know the pretty pink packaging you wouldn't think so there's a lot more going on to this than just it being like spooky or disturbing like there's there's so much to it and a good depth to its story that I would highly encourage everyone check out because it is just so much fun that's why i push so hard for it for everyone to play it's like hey like i need you guys to see what this is about because i think good writing in games is just something that's so important to me and when you get the chance to explore them in this sort of setting with um visual novels i think it's just such a fun unique thing that a lot of people pass on just because it's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea or they don't know where to start with them because they can be a little intimidating to get into Mm. um but i was like no this one go for it it's so cool (laughs) um and just because you do do so much and i think it is a fun way to play on like kind of some of the tropes of visual novels and like dating sims and which i am all about uh, and this just takes, a, uh, takes that approach with a lot of fun. And I'm very excited to have that new content because uh, we actually talked in back in Anime Expo 2019, the last Anime Expo I went to. I think the last Anime Expo anyone went to. Yeah. But, um, uh, and there, you, Dan, you were saying how you were trying to figure out how to implement like, new content so that we could get to know of these characters. And it's really cool like seeing that come to fruition. It's like, hey, here it is. It's happening.
3: Yeah, you, you're totally right. Um, I for That was a couple of years ago. I, I um, forgot about that component of the conversation. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about it all the way back then. And uh, the overall timeline of this game, um, different things happen at different times, but uh, there was work being done on this game uh, as far back as 2019. Um, I very much appreciate all your kind words about uh, the content of the game and the way that the characters are... Uh, the way that the characters are represented, with some of the uh, relatable issues that they go through, and I think that I think that that was a part of the inspiration for uh, the new content as well. Because I, I started to understand, um, I, I always knew that having that having a relationship with fiction and fictional characters can be very meaningful to people. Uh, because it has been meaningful to me as well. Uh, in feeling like um, in some situations you're you're not alone, or somebody else, whether it's a character, or just somebody else in the world who brought this character into an existence, has an understanding of some of the things that you're going through when they're normally things that you're not necessarily able to communicate about. Um, and once I got a better idea of um, uh, you know the the traits of these characters that people were relating to in this way, um, and how people felt a personal bond with these characters and how the characters have helped them through their own personal situations. Um, I really did feel a desire to, um, expand upon the characters in those ways, um, and, um, increase, increase the, the closeness and relatability that you can feel, um, that you can feel through them. Uh, because as I mentioned, it really is a, a type of communication, um, um, Allowing, allowing you to express your understanding of um, of certain very serious issues uh, through these characters going through the same things in a very realistic and understandable way. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult to find that in media. I know there are a lot of yeah. incredible examples of, of it being handled very well, but um, oftentimes it's easier to notice when things miss the mark uh, mm-hmm. when with with how media treats um, certain, for instance, mental health issues. Um, you have characters where, uh, the, the writers or the show decides, okay, this is the character with depression, or this is the character who's like not neurotypical and that, and that is their defining trait. That's how they're introduced. And that's how, and, and that's like the number one, most important, uh, part of that character through the duration of, of the show or movie or whatever you're watching. That's, that's just what you know them as. Um, and that's not necessarily great. You know, we're, we're all human beings and, uh, we, we all have agency over, um, how much we want to outwardly identify with, with the, uh, the personal struggles that we go through. And I think in fiction characters should also have that same agency and we should have the opportunity to see them as human beings as well.
0: Yeah, I think that raises some really good points. And I, I, I did want to ask, you know, I, I don't feel like, uh, Horror is something that we like typically associate with visual novels. Um, wh- what makes horror work in a visual novel setting like this?
3: I think horror is a, is a very broad genre. Sure, there are many techniques you can use to scare a person or mm-hmm. disturb them. Um, I think. My favorite. um
2: it, It's hard to kind of also nail this because it's like, don't reveal it. Don't reveal right. What yeah,
3: I understand. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, but
3: it, it it is something I want to talk about, and I, I I think I can do so without like revealing what the game is about. Mm-hmm. But um, horror. I I love when horror makes you doesn't necessarily try to literally scare you. You mm-hmm. know make you jump or or like shove a scary monster in your face or suddenly flash something at you um i classify part of part of what i classify as horror is things that make you feel just off put or uneasy, uneasy. or yeah make you make you think about um think about interesting topics that haven't really come up in your mind before mm-hmm. um that are either uncomfortable or uncanny to think about um, I think those are all techniques that like you would sort of classify as horror, um, but those show up a lot in media uh, that you wouldn't necessarily classify as like horror media. I think. Um, I, I really like using uh, the indie game You May Nikki as an example,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and that's one that I think I felt very inspired by, because this is a game where really the only purpose of the game is to wander around aimlessly through a dream world and see what sorts of interesting environments and creatures you come across. And it's so bizarre and jarring and uncanny that it kind of like just puts you in this world of unease where you're never sure what's going to happen next because there aren't really any rules in this in this world. And I always really loved that feeling. And to me, that's kind of what. What psychological horror was about and. It made me feel really excited to um, make some attempts to deliver a similar experience to other people in my own way.
0: Yeah, I think there's a huge disparity between, you know, jump scares and the kind of horror that you're talking about. Um, I've not yet played Doki Doki Literature Club, but I am very excited for this re-release. I'm really stoked to to finally check it out after hearing so much acclaim for it for the last several years. this uh this new edition drops on june 30th uh it is coming to all consoles switch included uh how about a little tease man what's next for team salvato now that you're you're getting doki doki literature club a plus out the door
3: (laughs) i don't know if we can talk about that yet (laughs) Uh, we always have great ideas and we're always working on cool stuff um it's all about we we want to make what we think will be cool (laughs) um i was I, i was asked recently if um the popularity of ddlc has uh like influenced like like is that the reason we're making new content for it Mm -hmm. and and the answer is not really we don't we don't we don't answer to popularity in that way um we we make things when we have cool ideas that's really what it came down to with ddlc plus and and why it exists in the first place because we had some really cool ideas Um, We wanted to communicate a certain message and have a certain impact and and we put it together and 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 we made it and that's going to continue to be how we operate um you know that's that's part of our core core values so i can't say exactly what's going to be coming next i can just say that we have some very cool ideas and we're very excited to start being able to work on them
0: that's awesome congratulations to you on all the success i you know it's such a cool cool thing for something from such a small team blow up the way that this has and have an opportunity to put it out to an even wider audience. And I I wish you the best of success with this, this re-release as well. Um, Speaking of popularity, we're going to move over to Simon Cardi now to talk a little bit about uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, which comes out tomorrow. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Cardi, your review is up on IGN.com today. It is. And uh, I just wanted to read this line from the verdict. You said, Mario Golf Super Rush is a comfort food game that to some, like yourself, can take you to a happy place with a couple of taps of the same button followed by an exclamation of nice shot. It's a standout speed golf mode is a great twist on Mario Golf and a genuinely fun way to play that goes a fair way to spicing up the age old formula and filling the space between swings and madcap foot race. You gave the game a six out of 10. So my first question for you is, Mm -hmm. what's up? You just hate fun or what?
1: I don't hate fun. You've also only read the half of the verdict there where I praise it, which is yeah, that misleading. Was by, to give it a six. That was
0: by design. That was yep. by design. Yeah. Um, I brought you on the shoulder, troll. I'm sorry.
1: I know. This wow. is just all the stitch up for me, isn't it? Um, I like six means this game is okay. And that's how I feel about this game. It's okay. Like, right. I love Mario golf. Like the, I say in my review, it's pretty much the first game I ever remember playing like, We've got a photo of me in the video review as a one-year-old baby tangled in the wires with it on the screen like <laughs> this is the first game i remember like and it just i don't know i just maybe i built it up too much in my head but i wanted like the ultimate mario golf game like we got mm. with mario kart 8 deluxe like that is in my eyes anyway the ultimate <clears throat> mario kart game they have pretty much perfected that formula with that but what we got is more akin to mario tennis aces from a couple years back which i didn't enjoy too much i thought there wasn't a lot to it um i know they've made improvements since launch with that game but at launch i played it and i didn't enjoy it very much and this is what i'm kind of getting with mario golf super rush at its core mario golf is a fun game and it's still fun and Speed Rush is a fun, like Speed Golf even is a fun twist on that formula. You've kind of got those Mario Kart elements of running between strokes to try and knock people over, collect coins. And that's fun. But then everything else kind of fell apart around it for me. There's only six courses in total, which is not very many. And mm-hmm. they're not the best courses they've ever made for Mario Golf. That's two less than the N64 version had when it launched. And... Mm-hmm surely we should be getting more. I know they've promised more in future updates, but now I've got to review the game as it is now. I can't review it on what's being promised to come. Um, Mm. And also like, I was just so looking forward to the adventure mode. Maybe I was misguided on that. Like I have memories of playing the advanced tour game on my Game Boy Advance and really enjoying, I I was much younger. It's probably not a lot to it when I look back, but I enjoyed that. You were taking on all the different characters and you were going around the world. Like it was almost like a Pokemon RPG. Like you were, Trying to become the very best. And the adventure mode in this kind of starts this way, but then it just takes a weird left turn and you end up doing some quite clunky boss battles. And then it's all just over in like three to four hours. And I know a lot of people won't be playing Mario Golf necessarily for a great story campaign, but I wanted one and you're still gonna be able to play online with friends and that will be fun. You've only got six courses to play with, and there's just no online tournaments which um World Tour had on 3DS and like just imagine being able to like i don't know on the internet like 100 people just joining a tournament and like the sense of satisfaction winning that you won't get that the maximum you can play is four player at the moment they might they might add that in launch uh, in the future and mm. my review looks poor but at the moment this is how I feel about this game I'm just I'm just I just a little I'm not angry I'm just disappointed and
0: well that's a real dad, sad. that's a real dad move of you to to <laughs> say something like that and mm-hmm. you know I I I put you on blast at the beginning, but I, I think your review is totally fair. I think that, that uh, you know, a lot of the more recent Mario sports games have mm-hmm. not been particularly up to snuff. And especially when you compare it to like, like you said, like uh, the GBA version, which I played such an obscene amount of and the, the 3DS version. Um, I did want to ask a little bit about the online play, you know, that you said yes. there's no online tournaments, but how do you find the infrastructure? Is it easy to jump in and play with your friends? Did you get a, a, an opportunity to test a lot of that?
1: I didn't actually get to play with any friends because no one else I really knew had the game because Mm. I played publicly online. There were sessions uh, drawn up for us to play and it worked fairly fine, but no real issues on that front. I just, again, you're just, you can play the core modes you've got, but there's no, like, you know, I want more. I want the tournament modes is Mm -hmm. what I really want. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Dan, uh, when we were in the, um, Uh, lead up to this episode getting ready to record you said that you had read through cardi's review and you uh, it said that maybe you had some words to, maybe some questions about it it sounds
1: too sinister
0: yeah i'm sorry I, I'm not played Doki Doki
1: Doki Club and I I don't want anything sinister
3: I, I, I skimmed it once once i uh saw the score i was questioning whether it was worth my time to read in full but um uh, I, i'm just kidding but <laughs> I think what I what I what what I'm interested in in knowing is mm-hmm. um, I play Mario Golf exclusively with my friends. Um, OK, a, as a matter of fact, our, our, our golf game of choice right now, which is kind of funny, is is NES Open Tournament Golf uh, because it's available mm-hmm. in the Nintendo Switch online mm-hmm. NES library, um, mm-hmm. which has great low latency net play. So so we play that online um so that that's my golf experience we're we're looking for you know i'm thinking speed golf and the other modes might be fun to mess with but really i just want to get in with my friends um play more or less the 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 standard formula game of golf um have everybody you know watching whoever's up um putting pressure on them about their swing and then trash talking when they make a crappy move and that's the golf experience for me and uh, that's what i will, what i will be looking to get out of this game and with that said um do you feel like my type of audience is going to have a great experience with this game based on that premise i
1: I feel like yeah well by the sounds of it you'll have a much better time than i did Yeah, yeah to me this to you this game could be an eight or nine if that's what you're looking for is just playing golf with friends not worried about any other bells and whistles like You'll have fun. There's 16 characters to choose from. There is your me character, which you have to level up in the story mode. And you actually have to play the story mode to unlock all six courses. Otherwise, you'll just be stuck with two. But, um yeah, I feel like as long... Yeah, if that's what you're looking for is just trash talk friends and play standard yeah. rounds of golf, you'll have a good time. I don't know for how long... I can't say for how long you'll want to do that if there's only six courses and no real variations of them. I mean... I think I, I I think that's that's fine for mm-hmm. for what I'm
3: looking for anyway. Um, you, you did say that there would be content updates in the future. Even putting that aside, I mean, if we're playing NES Open Tournament Golf, which only has three courses, then mm-hmm. like the experience is more about, um, it, it's it's more about the players and their skills and not the courses themselves. You mm-hmm. know, it's like funny when something stupid happens on a course because there's some janky sand trap somewhere or 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 whatever. <laughs> But yeah. um, yeah, but watching like like kind of growing your skills together and being able to both be impressed by each other when they make a really great shot or or laugh at each other when they do something especially crappy is like that's sort of independent of the courses themselves. And the courses are more just so you have variety with with every time you play the game, you pick a different course every time you play and there's enough to cycle through that. You don't feel like it's getting repetitive, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. But it sounds, yeah, it sounds like this is much more for you than me. I just, I I enjoy the variety of the other modes. I don't necessarily have, I've never really had three friends. I play, you know, Mario golf with consistently. So yeah, I just kind of wanted the other modes to give me more like the standard core golf. You're still getting your standard core Mario golf and it's as good as that's ever been. I think it's just, I think with it's been a while since we've had a Mario golf and it's on the switch. I was just expecting that big step up and I didn't, didn't quite get it for what I was looking for. Yeah. But there's still, if that's the experience you're looking for to play golf semi regularly with free friends online, I think you'll have a good time with this game. Yeah. So I don't want to tell people not to buy it because if that's what you're looking for, that's exactly what you're going to get.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cardi, I, I tell
1: totally you uh, where you're coming from.
0: You, you, can't, you don't think you'll be convincing any of your Overwatch buds to play, switch over <laughs> and play Mario Golf? I,
1: I don't think so. I mean, like, Overwatch is, in my opinion, maybe the greatest game ever made. Some people disagree. This is my opinion. Great,
2: um, but you know that's, that's fine. No, you know, some say
0: completely... some say that Overwatch is the uh, Mario Golf of first-person shooters. So, you know, uh, I mean, I okay, think that's okay. the first
2: person. <laughs> you're the first
0: person that said that. But, um... Miranda, um, uh, I interrupted you. Go ahead.
2: No, I'll get. I was just gonna say, you know, um, Dan, like that. That's a good point. Like, if if that's what you're looking for, then maybe this will satisfy mm-hmm. that. But I I will say too, like, kind of on like in. Kind of in conjunction with Cardi, like whenever I'm reviewing a game, even if I have to play with other people that are my friends, like it's you really have to separate that because I can't assume that everyone's going to this game with their friends. And also anything you take your friends in, you're probably going to have a good time, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's the people that make the experience more fun. It's not necessarily the game. So when you're doing a review, it's like, it's about the game. Like, what does this offer specifically? And sometimes right. you can take, like, I've had a great time in, like, the worst MOVAs with my friends because, like, I used to have to review so many MOVAs. <laughs> it's like, right. hey, hey, Dota Crew, you're coming with me <laughs> on this adventure. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, it's more fun, but then, like, afterwards I could break down. It's like, oh, well, this does not work well, or this wasn't as fun, or this could have been better. And so, like, that's just such a difference in, like, what you approach it for. But, um and and also on the point of like reading so just this is just like a larger topic about reviews and different varying Mm. scores like if someone gave my favorite game a like real low score I'd really want to review the review the reason (laughs) being that I like to know like what people don't like about something it's like what didn't work because like I'm so excited about this and or I really enjoyed this and I like to have like that other perspective like just sort of how uh, Zach shared earlier. It's like, Oh, well with, with Mario party, I was, I'm stoked about it. Cause I'm going to buy that for me and my siblings. But then mm. he's like, Hey, like this other Mario Party's out and they're like, why didn't we get some more content updates? It's like, Oh, that's a good perspective that I didn't even think about. Mm. And so it's not necessarily that's going to diminish my enjoyment of that thing. No. It's just like good information to have. And like just something to know. It's like exactly. my knowledge has been increased.
1: So yeah. I spent yeah. hundreds of hours in my life having fun playing games with friends that are probably four or fives out of 10 in all honesty. So mm. it's yeah. just, it is what it is like. It's, especially with a game that offers so many different modes, it's obviously going to mean different things to different people. Like, right. you know? Yeah. 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 Now, now I feel like I'm being
3: put on blast by,
1: no, <laughs> by, no, no, by I all don't, of you. No, I, don't I was know.
3: like, oh, i not respecting your opinion. No, of, of course I'm going to read the review in full. I was just teasing earlier. Um, and, and I totally understand that, that, um, um, you know, my, my perspective as like the single thing that I'm looking for versus your perspective as a reviewer and looking at the, the entire experience as a whole is going to be wildly different. Uh, so, so I totally understand that, and yeah, I, I, and, and and have no dis- have no really disrespect listen. for your <gasps> you. yeah. An and apologies I,
2: to break it down. I think some 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 viewers out there. Shout out to the viewers and, and listeners. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're just like, "Why did you hate this?" Like, you hate this person. I was like, "What? No, we're just joking. It's fine." <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, like yeah. breaking it down a little bit more can help just clear the air for people.
3: Who yeah, yeah. And and actions. I was I was really excited yeah. to take the opportunity. I was really excited to take the opportunity to share my perspective as well because a lot of people who are upset about the review score are probably in my camp who are looking to just have fun with friends and and, and mess around Mm -hmm. and i wanted to take the opportunity to clarify that this is still probably going to be an amazing purchase for those groups
1: exactly and there's like eight and nine out of 10 scores out there from expe- exactly that your perspective of this and i totally respect those opinions as well you just got this is the whole point of it isn't opinions. it you know yeah to have range <laughs> you know. yeah
0: cardi last question for uh yes. mario golf here uh did you play much with the motion controls are they worthwhile or would you prefer I, the, you know, the old game
1: pad there i played a little bit that they're, they're yeah. fine that you're not gonna get your wii golf like level mm. of satisfaction out of it i stuck 98 percent of the time with just the traditional like two tap Mm -hmm. on a or b to get backspin because that's what that is mario golf to me that is like i said playing nes open tournament golf that is what i remember playing and yeah motion controls you can play them if you want but that motion controls in general aren't for me so
0: fair enough uh mario golf is out tomorrow if you're listening to well i guess today if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) um we're going to move on to what we're playing uh, outside of Mario Golf, uh, Cardi. What have you been playing outside of Mario Golf? I know you've been working on this review for probably a week or so, but have you mm-hmm. managed to get anything else in in that time? I,
1: I have downtime. I still, you know, I have my games. I play every now well, and you're then. A tr- you're Zon- a true gamer. So exactly, I've Warzone. Yeah. I play regularly. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I still play. I play a bit of FIFA because I'm a a british very british person 20s. yeah mm-hmm. exactly um and i've played a little bit of grifflands i know you're going to talk about that i think mm-hmm. in the future it's it's really fun i've only played like 2 to 3 hours so i can't really comment too much on grifflands but it's got that slay the spire hook and i absolutely love slay the spire yeah. that's one of the best games i've played in in years and it's also got kind of it's got more of a rpg element oh, yeah. to it It's got kind of Mass Effect-y vibes to Mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm not... I think they've done that well. I'm not in it so much for that. I just like the battle system, and it's kind of... I'm really enjoying it, but at the same time, I'm like, I could just be playing Slay the Spire, which I think does it slightly (laughs) better, and I get slightly more satisfaction from it. Sure, I'm going to still play it because I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, And the other game I've been playing which isn't on is the Mass Effect trilogy, because I'd never played those games before. So I'm going through for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I've always wanted to, and I'm finally doing it. And I'm, I am think I'm most of the way through the second one now. Mm-hmm. I'm on Ilium, just got a man named Thane, who I very much adore. Uh, Thane is my guy. Thane is yeah. Thane is my guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in on Thane. Uh, so yeah, those games. Some people saying one doesn't really stand up. I thought it held up quite well i don't i don't think it played too badly i was expecting it to kind of play a bit clunky but it was fine um and then two i'm re- like you can tell it's a step up i'm i don't i'm probably telling everyone here what they already know that mass effect 2 is a very i'm good also game.
0: i'm also going to stop you because this is a nintendo <laughs> podcast and people exactly. can't play mass
1: effect on nintendo <laughs> right now so i'm sorry uh,
0: maybe someday maybe someday they will uh just to go back to your point about Grifflands, um apologies to casey defridis who has tried for probably 2 years now to get me to play uh, uh slay the spire but um <laughs> i'm well, i'm well into griftlands uh, and it is sort of a similar in a, in a similar vein uh I, yeah it is kind of mass Effecty. it is kind of like a uh, firefly uh in that way you're kind of you know like out there in the wilds and uh, of space and i think it's really really interesting in what it does you have two decks of cards one is uh, a deck that is geared towards conversation one is a deck that is geared towards battle and you can play your conversation deck and try to work your way out of conflict via conversation and that might result in having to battle it's a really game we just did a review for it here at ign we gave it a nine um if you're looking for something to pick up that is a little bit different than your usual fare i would highly recommend Grifflands, um and then i'll also be picking up mario golf because i'm i'm very excited for that game uh miranda what have you been playing lately
2: uh nothing really exciting i mm-hmm. think for other people just because i don't know i'm just kind of going back to old games at this point sure which includes Breath of the Wild, because I've heard I love of it. that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have heard of it. It's mm-hmm. just it's a little popular game. Um, but I just like running around to Breath of the Wild. My twin sister picked it up again. She uh, 100%ed it, and she started streaming it recently again, because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to play this again. I was like, you just beat it. You just 100%ed it. Why? And I was like, wait, I want to play too. And right. So it's it's like a contagious game. Like, you see it, and you're like, yes.
0: Yeah, yes, I, I definitely want to do that. I, I There are times when I have... 20 minutes or a half an hour to kill. And I don't really know what I you know want to play. And I just, I have a file going at any given time and I'll just jump in and do a couple of shrines or run around and collect stuff. Like I'm never not playing that game. I think it's, the I think it might be the best game. ever made. Um, wow. But I'm just going to, yeah. Um, yeah. What, el- what else are you playing? Hey,
2: I'm just hundred mm-hmm. percenting everything. I've just, it's a relaxing, lovely game. And I didn't mm-hmm. actually get to take as much time with it as I wanted to when it first came out. So now I'm just going back and, and solving for everything, going to get uh, f- just max out every star level, get the perfect photo for every single Pokemon. It's basically all I'm doing. It's just really nice. chill. And I like how relaxed it is. So, yeah,
0: everybody seems to have that uh, similar vibe with this game, that it is just a really nice, a nice place to visit, you know, for but a nice chill time. Is-
2: Um, They're just doing their thing. They're living their lives. mm -hmm. I can throw fruit at them. It's great. Why
3: not? (laughs) Uh, Dan, what about you? What have you been playing lately? Um, um, My friends have been playing new Pokemon Snap and I was Mm -hmm. I was very excited about it, It but sort of on the fence because it has a $60 price tag and you're just Mm -hmm. thinking like "Eh," it's like. For, for that for that sort of game, that's sort of like a, I don't know, a remake of the classic for partially that nostalgic experience. And like, should this shouldn't this be like, I don't know, forty dollars or something? And a lot of people were asking the same thing until I actually found out how much content this game has. I was like, OK, that makes sense. This this game has sixty dollars worth of content. Uh, and I'm, I'm at this point, I'm so tempted to pick it up myself because I loved Pokemon Snap on in sixty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just seeing seeing my friends play this game is, is makes it so tempting. Uh, aside from that, uh, I would say Monster Hunter Rise. Mm-hmm, I'm yeah. a long time Monster mm-hmm. Hunter fan, uh, so I was really excited for that dropping on Switch. And I think when it came out, I just entered this like 72 hour period of, of of Monster Hunter, and then at, I finally woke up and was like, "Oh my god, I'm supposed to be making a video game right now!" Right. Uh, so, so I had to put that on pause for a while. But uh, it's it it's it was just absolutely amazing uh, how much. able to refine the experience and continue adding new features Um, i think as sort of an action rpg monster hunter really has something special Um, and it it showed in monster hunter world and it shows even more monster hunter rise and so i I can't wait to put more time into that and and play with my friends um, and get through um get through the first half of the game to get to the even more exciting and challenging content yeah,
0: I I've talked about it quite a bit on the show. I was I've tried multiple times to get into Monster Hunter, and this is the one that did it for me. And now that I'm well over, you know, 150 hours in, I keep coming back to it. It's it's a phenomenal game. So I'm glad to hear that you're having a good time. With yeah, it yeah.
3: Too. As far as these co-op MMO, like, of action mm-hmm. RPGs go, um, I, I struggled to get into other ones because the grind is fun for a little bit. But then you start to realize that they tend to mostly be about kind of Like, how do I maximize my damage? And you and your Mm -hmm. friends all have that goal. And so you're sort of all just doing their own thing. Maybe someone's like a healer or something, but for the most part, everyone just has their own independent way of maximizing their damage. Monster Hunter truly feels like you benefit from communicating with your friends because Mm -hmm. you're all good at different things. You have your own gear, you know, your own traps with you. You can go into a fight basically saying, I'm going to put down this trap first. Then we do that. Then we break the part. Then, you know, then we'll put them to sleep and, and, and apply these status elements like in a certain order. Uh, and you just really have an incredible opportunity to uh, maximize your team capabilities by having that great communication. And that's like the ultimate experience in co-op play for for a game like this. And that's what I really love about it.
0: Yeah. And I love when things go haywire, you know, when even your best laid plans, you know, don't really come to fruition. I do have to give a special shout out to our producer, Red, uh, for shepherding me through the early stages of Monster Hunter, teaching me how to actually play that game and enjoy it. Um, So thank you red you're a good dude
2: uh, casey who i'm sure can send us talking about monster hunter right now
0: (laughs) yeah somewhere out there casey's monster hunter senses tingling and yeah (laughs) um speaking of games that we love to play it's time for one of my favorite games the question block uh wherein people write into nintendo voice chat with some questions and we answer them Pear would say it's not really a game but as we know Pear is incorrect uh let's get right into it uh Viraj Joshi writes in and says, hey, NBC gang, with Metroidvania such as Hollow Knight raising the bar so high, what would Metroid Dread have to do have to do to be as good or better? And uh, what do you think about this? Do You play Hollow Knight?
3: Um, I haven't played Hollow Knight. I, mm-hmm. I, I've watched a decent amount of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that. It's it, it's tough to give a head to head comparison between sure. two like what are ultimately quite different games um i think there are certain elements of the games that you can uh draw a comparison between but i think you know in just saying they're both metroidvania games like you're still signing up for two very different experiences in my opinion um both both in the atmosphere and the way that the game is presenting challenge to you and um um and the, the the types of um, mechanics and and options you have, and the way that the world is is built around them, I think they're they're both very different experiences. Mm-hmm. I do think that maybe as a whole, the genre as a whole, this past decade, the bar has been raised a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we we can we can sort of see that with Metroid: Samus Returns that um, that Nintendo has been kind of following that trend in in evolving the the uh you know the, their own metroid games within this metroidvania genre of improving for instance the movement options they understand that it feels really good to uh have a lot of movement control over your character and and tying that into combat with uh, the melee counter system so i think th- i think they have an understanding of the trend that metroidvania games are taking and and what feels really good to play and they are um without having played it yet, I can, I can predict that they've, that they've most likely taken a lot of that into account with the design of Samus Returns as well. Yeah, I mean... Or, sorry, just, not Samus Returns, Metroid Dread.
0: Just the, the the trailer, you know, showing the way that Samus was flipping and sliding and countering, like, it really looked fluid. That, that is, has me very excited for the game, but I also think that uh, the secret to any good Metro, Metroidvania is the the sense of wonder in, in the actual discovery. You know, when you get to a point where... <clears throat> you're kind of clipping, flying through these different areas and finding secrets kind of, you know, one after the other. That is when a Metroidvania really starts to hit for me. And I think that as long as Metroid Dread can provide that same sort of sense of discovery and wonderment, I think they'll be in good shape. Um, Okay, moving on to the next question. Which classic Nintendo... let me take that again which classic nintendo system do you still keep playing on a regular basis is there one you just can't seem to put into that storage box and that comes from luis otero miranda cardi do you uh keep revisiting any old nintendo systems
1: i wouldn't say i revisit regularly but it would be the nes because that was my first console really like mm-hmm. i have the nes mini and i have fired that up occasionally um so yeah like Funny enough, I played recently to play NES Open Tournament Golf because I thought, I'm going to go back and see how it plays. And do you know what? It's still really fun. Um, Yeah. But I don't... A lot of those games that I loved so much, you can kind of just play on the Switch now. So it's kind of a cheat, but I do play a lot of NES, but on the Switch, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Miranda?
2: Yes and no. So, yes, I go back to... Well, first I'll take the no part. No, Mm -hmm. because I don't have my old systems because Mm -hmm. I could not move with them because I didn't have space because living in San Francisco means you just don't have space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's no storage space. Uh, But my twin sister does have her old Nintendo 64 and her GameCube. So whenever I go visit her, I do get to sometimes like boot up an old game. Um, But the ones that I do revisit are my Nintendo DS and 3DS because I love Nintendo handhelds always and forever. Mm-hmm. I'm still sad that like we don't have a true Nintendo handheld anymore. Like you could argue that the Switch is a handheld. It's like kind of, but it's a home console. It's a home console first that you can play right. handheld. So mm-hmm. I, I will I will fight to the death on that. <laughs> Even Reggie agreed with me. I asked yeah. Reggie, so he said yes. Well,
0: if it's got the Reggie Seal approval, you must be you must be correct. Uh, yeah, similarly to you, um, the one that I go back to is um, GBA. I think that the Game Boy Advance is like. One of the most important and one of the greatest consoles, you know, handheld consoles ever made. And uh, man, what a banger of a library of games that little system has so many good games. Um, You know, I talked about Zero Mission earlier, but like there's just a a ton of good games on that system.
2: Yeah, I want to buy one of the uh, modded blacklit ones because I have my old one. I think my mom might have it, but I had a Uh, Target special edition. GBA.
0: armando armando torres uh, uh, a dude on our syndication team just recently linked me to an etsy that he purchased Game gameboy pocket a refurbished from that has all these customs i'll hit you with the link it's amazing um but i won't hit with it right now because we are unfortunately out of time um that's it and uh thank you guys so much for listening dan cardi miranda thank you so much for joining me today really appreciate it um thank if you want to hear what's that
1: Thank you. It's just a simple oh. thank you. Hey, oh, yeah.
0: you're welcome. <laughs> uh, remember, you can submit your own questions or write to us at NBC at IGN.com or respond to our weekly question block posts on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums. Uh, Nintendo Voice Chat is IGN's Nintendo show and it happens every Thursday on YouTube.com and IGN.com. Remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place where you can. I just realized you guys probably don't know this. You got to get the thing. You got <laughs>
2: thing. get you? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been so long.